Buckle up, it's the Insurance Dudes Podcast. Boom! Our guest today, who do we have, Mr. We've, Craig? Oh, we've got, some might call him JT, but we'll call him Justin Thomas. Welcome, Justin, to the Insurance Dudes. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, and you got to see behind the scenes of how it takes about a half hour to get set up. I will give it to you guys, though. You guys know a little bit more about technology, and you've got mics going on. Not a lot of other insurance agents uh, <laughs> deal with that stuff. So at least you guys are charging headfirst to the problem, just figuring just, it out yourselves. Just diving right in. So yeah. not sure if you've listened to the show before, but we're going to run you through the gauntlet with everyone's favorite, Speed Breakers. Ooh, yeah. Speed Breakers. Speed breaker, speed breaker, speed breaker. Are you ready? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. All right, here we go. Time on the clock. Ever had a mullet? No. First crush? Age or name or what? That's your call. First grade. <laughs> Most embarrassing thing your mom ever caught you doing? Any passes or skips? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the, you know what's interesting about that question is every time you see sweat start to come down and then... If they say something besides what the obvious answer is, then so good job passing. What's fastest speed ever driven? 115. Nice. That is respectable. Favorite cereal? Cheerios. How many kids? One. Uh, have you one. made have you made cry? Sorry, please wait for the <laughs> <laughs> probably too many to count. Good. Count Chocula or Count Dracula? Count Dracula. I thought so. When you said Cheerios. I thought it would go to Dracula. <laughs> Fastest mile. Six minutes. Favorite flavor? Chocolate. Dogs or cats? Dogs for sure. <laughs> we still haven't had to end an interview. Tacos or burritos? Burritos. Favorite video game? Probably Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Ooh, very specific. Nice. And Trump or Biden? You don't have to answer that one. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> so I think Jason has one last question for you. JT, take us back. What was the first concert you ever went to? So I know the answer to this. I don't remember it. It was Leanne Rhymes because my older brother was obsessed with her, but I was like three years old. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so you remember that you went, but you don't remember it. Exactly. Yeah. Like there's pictures and like your parents tell you that you were there. That yeah. You were holding a doobie and you're only three. It's just phenomenal. <laughs> They're yeah, like, look at this will be funny. <laughs> well, perfect. So why don't you take us back to that concert, which you don't remember, and move forward from there. How did you end up in the insurance world, which is everybody's dream job? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of years in there that don't really have to do with this answer. So I'll kind of skip forward to just went like the kind of traditional route, graduated from high school, went to college, junior year of college was at a point where I was like, Hey, I probably need to start figuring out my life. People probably don't do that. So they actually graduate college, but I was <laughs> thinking about it a little bit sooner than maybe some other people do. And I actually ended up getting an internship at Northwestern Mutual and did, I really enjoyed that. They have kind of more like the financial advising background Everybody seems to sell when it comes to the insurance world, the insurance industries, that you can set your own schedule, you're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, that type of thing. And then just kind of went through their process, which is creating a list of people that you know, getting your warm market, all that type of stuff. 
And I actually liked it probably more than other people do, or especially consumers do when they think of insurance. But just decided that at that point in my life, probably, I just didn't know that like digital marketing existed, which I really wish I would have known back then. And it it definitely existed. I just didn't know what all you could do with it. So decided to go get a corporate job and went into that as soon as I graduated, did that for a year. And I'm just not the type of person that's meant to be an employee at all. I'd be my worst employee right now. Like I wouldn't hire myself, (laughs) but as a, as an entrepreneur, I'm pretty good at it, but spent all of my time in that full-time job trying to figure out how to make money online. And I came across selling on Amazon in these next like several years, there's just a lot of trial and error when it comes to entrepreneurship, as I'm sure a lot of like, you guys are probably familiar with and seems to be the case with most entrepreneurs. But we were selling, me and my then girlfriend, now wife, we were selling weighted blankets on Amazon. And then those quickly became saturated on Amazon. So we had to learn how to build our own website. So we build our own website and then we learned that it's not a field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. We actually had to learn how to bring traffic to the website. So then from there, learn Facebook ads, YouTube ads, Google ads, and started driving traffic to the website. That business did okay, but it was nothing to where I could bank the rest of my life. I wasn't going to become a multimillionaire from that business. How big is the market for weighted blankets? Well, I mean, we were doing at one point... The problem is that it's seasonal. So like October, November, December, we would do like 50, 60 K per month in revenue. Wow. Yeah. But then the rest of the year, like nothing, it would go down to like two or three K per month. But now, uh, I mean, profit margins on that was like 30 to 40%. And that's just with us too. So like, if you really want to scale it out, hire people, those, those profits would go back down. So, I mean, it was now, good. With, go with weighted blankets, Aren't they useful for people with autism, like processing? Yes. Yeah. People that talk too yeah. much, you could just throw it over them and hold them down. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of like the, the, the main market for it. And then it really started to get popular with kind of using it for benefits of just getting more higher quality sleep. And that's kind of when a lot more started entering the market. I got one and it's 20 pounds. And I think that I went too heavy. Okay. <laughs> like it is pretty dang heavy. Like yeah. it might be 25 pounds. Like it's I like everything. I went to the max. I'm like, oh, what's the most? And then I got that one. I mean, 20 pounds is a lot of weight. Like when you try to yeah. carry it around, I brought it in the van and it was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 20 pounds is a lot. We've got a 20, we've got a 15, and we've got a 12. And 15 is like perfect for me. Yeah, yeah 20 to... pounds, especially like, yeah, when you try and like pick it up or like bring it around with you, it just, it gets to be a little bit too much. I bet you didn't know you were going to get a plug for your weighted blanket site, but what is that site? Because I want to get a 15 pounder. So it's actually not up anymore because it's oh. such a nightmare. Our brand was just JM weighted blankets because I actually started with a business partner. So it was J for Justin and M for Matt. Real creative we were. <laughs> 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 beginning days it's not still up anymore we don't sell on amazon we actually just donated the last of them we got to a point where i thought it was a good idea to order a ton of them and so we ordered like a thousand of them and there was a, a shipping error because we got them from china and they didn't package them correctly so then we just got them all shipped to my house and <laughs> as the biggest nightmare in the world i self-fulfilled them for a while and oh, I, I was just like 
I'm never dealing with physical products or e-commerce ever again. So <laughs> that's kind of the end to that business. But in between there, in and out, we had learned Facebook ads and YouTube ads and advertising side of things. And I really liked that. And so my wife and I started a, just a small, just the two of us, digital marketing agency in Omaha. I tried to get some clients and we had a really a random assortment of clients. So we had dentists, we had estheticians, we had gas stations, we had Krav Maga gyms. But my most successful clients we had were the insurance agents that we worked with back when I was at Northwestern Mutual. And so we really dropped all of these other clients just because we decided we wanted to go and niche down. And then we got to a point where we had to decide, do we want to continue to run ads for people? Do we want to really scale with this agency side of things where we're going to have to hire people? Do we want to go that model or do we want to go and pivot and teach people? Because we had actually had some of the agents... They just wanted to learn how to do it themselves because they didn't want to continue to pay $1,000, $2,000 month over month for a marketing agency. They're just like, you just teach me how to do it. And so between those two decisions, teaching someone how to do it, seeing them get better results than we even did doing it for them and not wanting to hire out tons of people and potentially give up a lot of the profit margin, we switched over to the consulting model of it. And we've been doing that for about three years now. So... Your initial question was, how do I get into insurance? That was through college. And then since then, I haven't really sold since college about five years ago. I've more been on the marketing side of things with insurance. Mm, what college? The University of Nebraska. Oh, cool. Cornhuskers. Yeah. So I have a question for you about the this space. Because iOS, whatever the heck, has just come out, and it seems to have a pretty significant impact on this. Uh, we see it on our ads, the big banner across the top. Hey, it's not going to work anymore. The pixel, blah, blah, blah. So can you talk to us about that and how you've navigated around that issue? Yeah. So, And maybe even talk about what that is, because I bet you there's some folks on here that don't even know what the pixel is. Yeah, definitely. So Apple and Facebook are kind of at a war with each other. And with this newest iOS update, Apple has started releasing a mandate with all of their apps where they have to ask the customer if they want to be tracked. And they don't specifically say Facebook, but it really is just targeting Facebook. So they're basically like, do you want your actions in this app to be tracked by third-party developers or marketers or whatever it is? We actually don't know what's going to happen, right? Because it's relatively new. It's like only been active for about a month, if not less than that. So the idea is that most people are going to choose that they don't want to be tracked. But truthfully, we don't know how it's going to actually end up happening. Because if people don't get tracked, they're going to start having a worse user experience on Facebook and Instagram because they're going to start getting random ads. It's not going to be actually tailored to what they want. So in the long run, people will probably end up coming back to opting in to being allowed to be tracked. But most people's guesses, as far as advertisers are thinking, is that most people are going to say, no, I don't want to be tracked. So where that's really going to affect you within Facebook is will the pixel. So describe what the pixel is. It's just a little piece of code that you can copy and paste into your website. So when people go from a Facebook ad over to your website, they're no longer on the Facebook platform anymore. Facebook can still see some of the actions that they're doing in order to optimize some of the ads going on. So what the update will do if people opt out of tracking is it's really going to affect optimization of ads, which is 
Facebook's like number one tool when it comes to like beating out their competitors for ad platforms because Facebook does a really, really good job of just knowing who your right customers are, even if your targeting is not very good. And without the ability to actually track that anymore, that's going to start coming down. So your ad optimization, as time goes on, typically in the past, your ads would get better as Facebook would watch who clicks on it, who opts in, who becomes a lead, who becomes an appointment, who buys. If you can tell Facebook all that stuff, your ads should get smarter. But now without being able to tell Facebook that, your ads will probably not get smarter. And then the other side of the coin is retargeting audiences, which is Facebook's like second most used tool in their belt. Most people, when it comes to Facebook, their goal is to just get enough data to then use a retarget a lookalike audience because what, what a lookalike audience is, it just takes, say you have 100 customers, you give it to Facebook and you say, create a lookalike audience. Facebook will go find a percentage of the population in your area or your, your country that are most similar to those people. So it helps with targeting. But without the ability to track all of these things, Facebook's lookalike audiences are going to not perform as well either. So mm. there's a couple of things that you can do to combat this. Uh, the first thing is investing in understanding and getting really good at tracking. You can do all of that on your own, use UTMs to really track things yourself, or there's a couple of different softwares out there that figure out how to track really well and they just track it a lot better and then they feed that information back to Facebook for you. And then the other thing is putting a lot more time and focus into your images and your ad copy and all of your creative because a lot of people have relied very heavily on audiences for the last three or four years and that Facebook's just going to find the right customers. But now with that not being the case, we need to use ad copy in order to reach our customers and push away people that aren't customers and rely a lot heavier on the actual ad side of things. So you're saying if I opt out of it, so I'm going to start getting served like ladies underwear, which would be stiff for me. Jason already is getting served ladies underwear. Okay. So won't change for him. Yeah. But I mean, those are really the two ways that you can combat that with the iOS updates coming up. Cool, man. What are you seeing like going forward in the space? What gets you excited about marketing this year? To be continue. Hey, Jason. Yes, Mr. Craig. That was another awesome episode, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, if people want to get a little bit more action and, and learn how to do uh, right 100,000 in premium, Yes. Off of even the worst internet leads, where could they go? They can go to live.teledudes.com. Ooh, that sounds exciting. Are we going to be there? Yes. It's a weekly call that we're doing right now that will, it's live and it will show you the process. The entire process. Mm, Super awesome. Mm, I love it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Sign up right now. Live.teledudes.com. Live.teledudes.com. That's live.teledudes.com. Hey, Craig, there's a new community that we are starting that I cannot wait to tell everybody about. It is our live texting community where you and I are going to answer people's questions and give them free content, right? Are you kidding me? We get to talk to them? Yeah, which is awesome, but they have to opt in. They have to text us at 520 
520-214-2219. That's 520-214-2219. Nice. I'm Greg, are you going to respond to these texts? I'm going to respond to them for sure. Live. I'm into it too. It's going to be well, awesome. And it's a it's going to be our new texting community where we're going to get back to everybody that we can and drop some crazy content, free content and free um, the calculator that you just came up with. Mm. That's right. The calling calculator. Sales material. I mean, everything for insurance agents, this is it. It's the best texting community out there for insurance agents. Well, what the heck is that number again? I can't remember it. It's 520-214-2219. That's okay. 520-214-2219. I love it. I'm going to text it right now. 520-214-2219. All right. I'll see you later, Mr. Jason. Bye, Mr. Craig. Wait, do they even listen to this on the radio anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Nice. Uh, all right.